Hi, and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Monoknuku. This podcast covers conversations with experts, journalists, writers, entrepreneurs, doctors, and kick-ass humans making the most of their midlife. We talk about menopause a lot. My personal messed up menopause journey was the catalyst to this podcast, and so I hope I can help you navigate your way through midlife and menopause with more information and education than I had. Since launching the podcast, I've written a book, My Menopause Memoir, available on Amazon, an online course for menopause management to help you navigate your menopause journey, and a fitness and wellness app for the menopause woman. There are gym-based and home-based strength training sessions, short hit workouts, yoga for stress and sleep, as well as specific mobility, balance, agility, and core training sessions. You'll also receive a daily menopause management tip and be able to start a conversation with me, all in the app. You can find all of these tools at the Sexy Aging website. All the links are in the show notes, including discounts to the course, free sign up to the app, and discounts to products that I endorse. Episode 75 with author Rebecca Chandler was a challenging interview. Hearing how sexual trauma was the cause of Rebecca's mental health condition, DID or Dissociative Identity Disorder, and how she was able to work through it, and again, how a partial hysterectomy spun her into accelerated menopause and another chance to address her childhood trauma. Rebecca is brave and she went on to write her book, It Won't Hurt None, and an amazing journaling tool for other trauma survivors to assist them when starting their own journey to healing. A warning for listeners, there is a discussion that touches on sexual abuse that might be triggering. And welcoming to the Sexy Aging Podcast today, I am very honored to welcome an author, Rebecca Chandler, based in the US. Um, She is the author of a book, It Won't Hurt None, a story of courage, healing, and a return to wholeness. And since then, you've actually put together a journal, which you can share a little bit more about um, as we progress through the interview. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Rebecca. It's nice to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to, uh, to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic that we're covering today. Um, we're talking about trauma, and I think uh, it's it's an episode or a topic that I haven't really investigated very much through this midlife journey, so I'm really grateful that we get to touch on it today. I'm really open to discussing anything, and um, I just want to advise the audience that we are uh, talking about themes of sexual trauma as well today. Um, but I think that this will touch a lot of people and help them understand some of the steps and processes that they might want to take to address their own trauma if they've had that, you know, a similar situation. Um, so I just wanted to, I I mentioned to Rebecca before we actually came on here live, um, for the audience that, uh, last week's episode, if you're following chronologically the podcast episodes that we touched on surgical menopause and it was a personal story. Um, and it's really, really interesting that as I started reading your book, Rebecca, and I've just started reading it. So just to be completely transparent, that there was a very similar theme that came up around having a hysterectomy and how it made you readdress your trauma and and anyway I'm going to stop there because I think this is where (laughs) where I really want to invite you to tell us a little bit about yourself um and yeah just yeah what are you doing today 
Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so it's been an interesting journey. I was an expat up until COVID two years ago, and I was living in Egypt, Kenya, Dubai, Singapore, worked in film and TV. And I I really thought that I had overcome or worked around my trauma and never expected to write this book. Never, you know, didn't really know that that was going to become a thing. And then um, I... <clears throat> went through uh, a, a partial hysterectomy in 2017 and that happened in Dubai and absolutely unexpectedly my body went into premature menopause um, my hysterectomy was partial they removed my uterus and I kept my cervix and ovaries and, <clears throat> and at the time I didn't know this but 50% of the time when you have a partial hysterectomy and I never had children your body can just completely shut down. And my body did. I went into metabolic collapse within 30 days. Couldn't sleep, was losing my mind, genuinely losing my mind. Um, couldn't remember anything. And the depression and anxiety and all the things that I, that I had somehow learned to manage over the span of my lifetime came back tenfold after the surgery. And I had no warning, no preparation. It just hit me like I ran into a wall. And in trying to understand uh, rampant insomnia and all of these things that were happening to my body, and I, I can't tell you how bad it was. No, um, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we know. Pick, pick a symptom <laughs> yeah. from hot flashes to bladder issues, all everything was just happening all at once. Yeah. And um, out of that process and in that, I started to really need to express what was happening to me and why. And in going deeper in myself, I realized that I needed to pick up with myself again and, and really explore my sexual trauma from my early childhood because it was unresolved and yeah. it was not, it wasn't going well. So I feel like there's a um, there is a theme that I've explored with a couple of guests on the podcast, and it's very similar to you that midlife or and menopause and the symptoms of menopause can often bring back um, childhood trauma um, or bring up <clears throat> themes around what happens now, what does the rest of my life look like. How am I going to move forward? And these are questions I hear and I'm in conversation with women during the stage of life every day where we're like, you know, there's, there's moments of doubt and confusion and what does the rest of my life look like if I feel like this now, <laughs> you know, that all these symptoms and things and then sort of a bit of a breakthrough. So it sounds like, you know, you went to that place post hysterectomy, post surgery that you went through the massive um accelerated menopause right yes yeah. yes yeah menopause in a day yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and what we also covered in the last episode and so this is like I'm quite ignorant to this the experience of I've never had a hysterectomy but and I know a lot about menopause but just to be able to ask guests like yourself like uh, and everyone that's spoken of it it's just crazy how we can't prepare women what to expect you do not know what's going to happen. I, you know, I could talk about, this is a whole other podcast for me, but it's like, I could talk about the absence of care and intuitiveness around women's health 
for a very long time. I'm talking and about it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it just, and the fact that I think Gen X, which is, you know, if you're in your fifties, you're Gen X. And the fact that we're not prepared to accept our mother's version of menopause, we're not going to go quietly. We're not going to accept uh, everything from heat flashes to hot flashes, to dry vagina, to loss of sex drive. We're not going to, we're not going to accept it. And so what I love right now, what's happening, and I see it on TikTok and other places, is that women being very outspoken about, this is not okay. This, it's not okay that we'll spend millions of dollars creating a pill to help men reach sexual vitality in whatever that means, but we will do nothing for women once they get beyond reproduction. Meaning yeah. once you get beyond childbearing, medicine really pretty much writes you off menopause isn't taught in medical schools uh, and trauma as it affects your health and your life is never examined in any medical school anywhere. And so if you figure in America, one in three or one in four females will experience some form of sexual assault or abuse in their lives and the intersection between trauma and middle life, mm. when I think all of the change that's happening to you naturally compounds the trauma that you've been carrying. Because for me, menopause is traumatic. And I don't think it's dramatic to say that when you start suffering hot flashes at 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever it is, and you can't sleep and you're soaking your sheets and sweat at night, that's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that intersection between whatever you've been carrying in yourself and your trauma then it compounds with your physical journey. And I just think that you come to a breaking point. And I did, my body and mind just came to a breaking point and just said, this is too much. Yeah. You know, Re Rebecca, it's really interesting what you said, because there is actually a recent study that has come out that's linked sexual trauma to accelerated menopause. Yeah. So that came out recently. And it's actually based in Otago here in New Zealand, that study. So um, what you're talking about is very, very real. And people are having to open their eyes and go, okay, so there is, there's a link between, you know, what you experience when you're younger and how you, that affects your body and expresses itself when you're older. So, yeah. yeah. Are you happy to share a little bit, just, just an overview? Anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's in your book. Um, it's in my book. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. I'm and, really good and I'm healed okay. and I'm in a really good place. Okay. So just an overview of what happened in your childhood and how you link that to the work that you've done today, because that I, I believe this is going to um, influence and affect a lot of people when they hear this as in sure. there'll be people that really need to hear this. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, began to be sexually assaulted at the age of five by my maternal grandfather. And that sexual abuse continued up until the age of 13 when I fought back and I said no, and I fought and that ended it. I think he was a bit terrified that I dared to say no. Um, and what happened to me during that, those eight years of sexual abuse is that my mind literally created pieces of myself and put them on a shelf. Mm -hmm. So I became a disassociated identity disorder sufferer or however you want to say it. And my personality, which is multiple personality disorder, that's the most common way to describe disassociation. 
So I created personalities, five, six, seven, and 13. Five was fearful. You can imagine she was terrified when she was first assaulted. Six became my shame, which I didn't understand until just recently. Seven was my sadness. Um, and she was just a very sad little girl. And 13 was my anger. And boy, was she powerful. Yeah. And what happened is that I had to get to a place where I could, and I, I, I grew up hearing the voices and I knew that there were voices in my head. I didn't know what they were, but I certainly knew that they were separate entities. And I knew that they influenced me, particularly 13, my anger. I was a very angry person and it came out in terms of being very bossy or bullish or I was quite brash at a very young teenage age and that just kind of bled throughout my entire life. And so I had to learn how to live with these identities and it's very complicated, it's, you know, and I yeah. like to make sure I'm clear that it's not schizophrenia. Schizophrenia yeah. is me seeing something in front of me that isn't real, right? Or hearing mm -hmm. something. This is a bunch of conversations constantly happening inside of my head. And so if I was going to go eat an ice cream, five, six, seven, and 13 all had opinions about it. Yeah. And, you know, so I had to learn how to deal with that mental health disaster that was going on. And it was a, it was a protection model that my body created to protect me. So these entities, five, six, seven, and 13, they're trapped energy locked in time. They never mature and they don't know the trauma is over. And what was really powerful to me is to wrap my head around the fact that trauma begins in the flesh. And if you mm -hmm. haven't read A Body Keeps Score, everybody should. Mm -hmm. Everyone should read that book six times. <laughs> and in it once, once I accepted that trauma was energy and that it was in my flesh yeah, and that I had to address the, 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 where the energy first started and I had to learn how to pro accept it, process it and release it. Then my body and mind were together again. And they weren't, there weren't these separate entities battling against my body. And it was really complicated, but a wonderful release. And if, if I just, I hope that people really take to heart that if you have any trauma, it could be sexual trauma, it could be verbal abuse, it could have been a traffic accident, it could be anything, but the moment of that trauma, it latches on to you and it finds a place to reside in you. And if you don't find a way to release it, it compounds. So if I was sexually assaulted as a child and then I got in a traffic accident 20 years later, yeah, all of that trauma starts to stack up. And you'll start to see it manifest physically in your body. Or do you have a problem sleeping? Yeah. Do you have eczema? Do you have, what kind of inflammation do you have? Where are your allergies? Do you have Hashimoto's? Is your metabolic system completely offline? And I personally believe that that a lot of that stuff is trauma centric. And it takes years for it to show up. So a lot of my friends and I, we went through life thinking we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. And because I think of the hormonal shifts mm. during middle age, 
and because maybe we become more present, I don't know, those physical manifestations of infl chronic inflammation, weight gain, mental health disturbances, they start to just blossom when we, when those hormones start to shift and our bodies are changing and trauma is just part of the system and it comes in and it really, it, 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 I think it just wraps itself around us in our middle age and it's asking us make a choice. It's time to heal yeah, or I'm going to make you really sick. And I came to the point and I'm not expecting to, but I came to a point about a year ago and I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to heal because I am not going to continue to feel horrible. You know, I'm not going to let this menopause thing and my trauma take me down and just yeah. destroy me. And so I knew that I had to heal my mind and my body together. There's no way, you know, you can't just go to therapy and leave the trauma alone. So you can talk about your therapy, but that energetic seed that's inside of you from your trauma, you've got it. You've got to extinguish it. Yeah. And that's, that's the journey that I hope more people discover is that it's not just a matter of talking about it. You really have to process the energy of that trauma and release it. And then it starts to make sense. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I can only, I obviously I don't have that lived experience, but I'm thinking about some of the things that I share with other women challenged in midlife and with menopausal yeah. health and i'm hearing a lot of what you're saying and linking it to a lot of advice or support that i offer women which is not just around the physical aspects of managing your menopause symptoms because for women when they start to experience changes through hormones one of the very first and top symptoms is anxiety yes come straight yes. to the top so doctors yes. will say that gps will say oh most women will come and yes they'll say i've got hot flashes and i'm not sleeping but right up there is anxiety and they're probably all linked as well but that's really interesting and so my feedback is um you know like what other ways can you manage your symptoms that aren't just about diet and exercise yeah. and like i put it all together right so you know it's important for me to journal meditate breathe and i have all those those things implemented in a program that i help uh, use to support women because it's it's all the things not just the checklist and the hrt <laughs> it's, it's you know it's all it's the not. things it's yeah. a complicated when you think about your body as an energetic system system yes and obviously i believe in energy so i'm going to use that word a lot but If you're struggling with your menopause symptoms, weight gain, fatigue, joint pain, mood swings, and you're trying to figure out what you need to do to get your mojo back, I've got two professionally endorsed resources that can help you. The Sexy Aging Menopause Management course is an online resource that breaks down all the information on menopause, what it is, what's happening to your body, and how to manage the symptoms through lifestyle hacks. Evidence-based information on movement, nutrition, stress reduction, the importance of sleep, rest and recovery, as well as community and joy. Podcast listeners can access the discount to the course in the show notes. 
and my Sexy Aging Fitness and Lifestyle app that provides fitness and wellness programming specific to women in the menopause life stage. All the things, workouts at the gym, workouts at home, short hit workouts, yoga for stress and sleep, specialized mobility, balance, agility, and core workouts, plus nutrition and menopause management tips. There is a free one-week trial, and the link is in the show notes. I've done all the work for you, so your job is to tap into these tools, put the guidance into practice, and feel the difference. It's an energetic system, and I truly believe that if your body and mind are not working together, they create friction. My friction came from, I had this, these multiple personalities living in, living outside of me. So I was in like, my energy was broken and my, my mind was trying to tell me everything's fine. You're okay. It was 30 or 40, 50 years ago. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And my body was sitting there saying, uh, it's not okay because I'm still living as pieces of myself. I'm not whole. I'm incomplete. And I think that what's really important is for people to realize that you can, you can pursue HRT and I love HRT. I take estradiol. So I take progesterone yeah. at night. So I yeah. sleep and I yeah. take testosterone every morning. So my, because of my, my mental health and headaches, HRT is fundamental. I meditate. I walk. I, uh, I attempt to practice healthy lifestyle, but who's, who, who am I kidding? I also love ice cream. Yeah. So <laughs> I do all the things, but I think that what doctors fundamentally for me in my own experience have never understood is that until I accepted my trauma, reconciled with those fragmented pieces of myself, five, six, seven, and 13. Yeah integrated them, literally brought them back into myself and then released them through a, a long series of somatic sequences. The, the, my mind telling me that everything was okay. And my body saying, no, I'm not created friction. And within the friction, you get disease. Yeah. You get all manner of physical and mental symptoms because the systems are not in sync. And the real breakthrough for me was when I finally released these entities, these fragments, personalities, whatever you want to call them. My mind, I, I did had a really extraordinary meditation where I sat next to my mind and my body as separate entities. And I, and I said, can we be together now? Are we together now? And they were like, yes, but you have to start being nicer to us. Oh. So my physical self wanted me to move more, like just walk and, and, and be, be more mindful of the fact that I need help. And my mental health was asking, please take care of me, please. I'm your friend. Stop talking negatively to yourself. Stop talking negatively about my body. You know, I gained 80 pounds since that hysterectomy. It's been an exceptionally difficult thing for me to accept. And I wasn't always kind to my physical self about it. Mm. The three of us decided we were going to work together and we're, and, and we're together now. We're one system now for the first time since I was five years old. Imagine. Yeah. 
And within a couple of weeks of that meditation, I lost 10 pounds. Yeah. Your body was ready to release and it to was let go ready. And, and get and to heal you, right? You're healing. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just about the pills, it's not just about meditation. It's it's an entire ecosystem. And are you really my question to me was, am I really are we harmonious? Are we together? Am I really supporting myself with love and affection and patience, which is what my body and mind need? And that to me is the a, a huge breakthrough in middle age. It's like, this is the time. Yeah. Now is the time. If you need to go into somatic work for the next 18 months, do it now. Do it now before you come up with a disease you don't yes. want to fight. Heart disease, heart disease, uh, cancer, dementia, <laughs> Alzheimer's. Yeah, like do it yeah. before you're too old to really be brave enough to jump off the ledge, right? Like to to really I love that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because as you get older, it gets you. Anxiety becomes even bigger in your life, or it can, you know. And just do it now. I know it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard to talk about things that are uncomfortable and. But it's all manifesting now. And it's yeah. not by accident. It's not, for me, it's not an accident that my middle age physical health symptoms, my fibroid tumor that led to a hysterectomy, that led to a total system collapse, it all happened in my 50s because my body was giving me like one last chance or push. Like, do you really want to live another 50 years like this? I was like, no, no, I don't okay, then do something about it. And that's what I did, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rebecca, that's that's so awesome. It's really touching me too, a lot of what you've said, especially the part where um, do you want to live another 50 years like this? And that was, for me, the catalyst to the podcast. Just yeah. wanting to have a conversation around, you know, what can we do better? How can we live well longer and then you know it came up against all the things you know yeah. menopause and health and and um and being able to break it all down and figure it out but and and as time goes on more and more of it for me is around um what sets my soul on fire yes. you know like yes where is things? my soul yeah what is the, my soul <laughs> yeah the things that i'm doing that light me up am i really being true to myself i've only got 30 or 40 years left so i've got to be able to maximize things that really truly make me happy and the things that make me happy decrease any anxiety they change the dna of my body yes. because the more and it's all hormonal as well like there is a yes, scientific is. you know there's a scientific yes, background to happiness so um yes. by releasing trauma and dialing up happiness you can live longer and there's just so many you know studies that support it um live happier yeah <laughs> just, just live yeah it just, yep. you know, I think about trauma and I think that if, if you, if, and I know it's difficult, I'm not glib about how hard it is to process any kind of trauma, but I do feel badly for my friends who only pursue the HRT, yeah, but who don't pursue the mental health aspect of their lives. Cause you're basically putting a bandage and you're bleeding out. Yeah. So that HRT can only really support you in the way that it's designed to support you if you are one cohesive healed aligned entity but if your mental health is not where it needs to be then hrt can only do so much 
your mind and your body are actually one organism Mm -hmm. and they can work together or they can fight each other. And so as much as people pursue HRT, love HRT, I would really strongly encourage people to ask about the other part of you, your mind. And have you, while you take HRT and while you get the physical self in a state where you're really trying to heal that and to be in a good place, your mind has to play a part. And if it's not, if it's not part of your, you know, your, your overall approach to good health and well-being, it, your physical self can only do so much. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it just, no, it's, it's true. You're, you're kind of, at some point you're investing in all of these lotions and all these different medications and all this stuff and you're not getting your money's worth because you're <laughs> and that's a whole is, that's a yeah. whole other conversation <laughs> but your mind is gonna your mind can only you know it can only do so yeah. much if it's not healed and then it's like yeah. okay well I've, I've done my best yeah you know. yeah thanks Rebecca um one of the the questions that I had for you was was writing the book your final process to healing because it feels like from a timeline perspective that that's fairly recent after all the very um, recent right yeah okay so yeah so how did you feel like what what was the the compounding reason was well obviously a compounding reason was there to sort of send you to the desk to write yeah I I've always been a writer so writing's always always been a bit cathartic a bit of catharsis for me so I the only way I could express what was happening to me was to write it so other people would sculpt paint jog you know mine was yeah. writing um I can say this that I no longer have disassociative identity disorder I no longer have these multiple personalities I don't hear from them anymore they don't exist my depression that used that could at times sink to very dangerous levels that doesn't exist for me anymore. So all the work I did in mending and healing uh, brought me to this really interesting new place, which is kind of middle. I've never lived in the middle before. I don't even, I still don't even know quite know how to, to do it because I wake up feeling pretty normal. <laughs> and I yeah. go to bed feeling pretty. And if I get stressed out, I might cry a little bit and then I'm good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't slide these from these two extremes of happiness to, you know, destruction. Um, I'll say this, it's been about uh, six months since I finished that part of my healing journey. And I was, I was healing while I was writing. I would not recommend that, but that's what I did. Yeah. Um, And now I'm on the other side of it. And now I talk to a therapist once every couple of weeks for what I call touch-ups. So it's just nice to talk to someone and say, you know what? I'm feeling really anxious right now. And then having someone help me go, okay, well, what's that really about? Well, that's fear. And I think fear is one of the most toxic elements of trauma because it sinks down into your skin and it wants to sit. So it's like, well, why don't I want to, why don't I want to walk every day? How is it? Why is it so easy for me to talk myself out of walking every day? Well, ultimately that's fear that if I get back into shape and if I feel really great about how I look and how I'm feeling and all that, I'll attract someone and that's scary. Okay. So the fear, and so fear talks me out of getting in shape. Fear talks me out of eating well. So I love going into therapy every two weeks. I'm, I don't think 
I don't think for me healing will ever end, but it refines itself. And I love that. Yeah. But if you, you start to kind of take off the final edges, but I'm no longer going through this really enormous catharsis anymore, which I love. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story. I'll obviously be putting your contacts, your book titles and the journal. Actually, let's just finish up, wrap it up with the journal. So that was that in tandem with the book? Because it feels <laughs> from a time. Oh, okay. I'm just taking a guess here because I had a quick look through and it's absolutely awesome the way thank that you. you are helping other people, you know, acknowledge trauma. I think that's where you're starting with the journal, isn't it? Just to acknowledge. Yes, just acknowledge. Just start to take some notes and then the next steps are obviously getting some professional help. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's I what I felt, gleaned from it. I felt like I, I wrote this book and uh, you know self-published so I don't know who's going to end up reading it but I thought you know what this isn't enough like if I'm brave enough to talk about this and put it into a book then I ought to leave a tool behind that maybe will help somebody get started that's all it's intended to do and I hope that that's what it accomplishes and I just felt incomplete by just writing a book I thought no let's double down let's write a second book yeah. And I wrote, oh, I wrote it, I, I wrote it with my very good friend, Aparna Ramakrishnan, who's a social, uh, social worker. And I got her perspectives and I think it's, it's got some amazing resources in the back about how to start conversations. Yeah. And I think that's a really important tool. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'm going to put the links to find your book and the journal in the show notes. And um, I just appreciate so much you sharing your courage and what you've experienced and come through and you're a light, you know, for the black woman. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for Rebecca. all that you do. It's really important. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode and thanks to my guest for the inspo. If you're enjoying this content, then consider following, rating and reviewing so that more people can find the sexy aging life. Peace out.